Hey, good morning. You're listening to Sure of It All. I'm Aaron Phelps. I'm the pastor of Star Church. It's an honor to have you with us here this morning. Hey, we'd like to invite you out to Star Church every Sunday morning. 10.30 a.m. is our worship hour. And hey, let me ask you, are you sure of it all? I've met the one they're talking about The one who can change when sign and out Things aren't the same since I've gone the way But it's getting better each day There's no two ways about it There's just no way around it Today's episode of Sure of It All is brought to you by Aaron Phelps Ministries, a not-for-profit organization dedicated to improving our communities through the love of Jesus Christ. For more information, go to our Facebook page, Aaron Phelps Ministries. So, I'm going to be out of Matthew 16. And it says Jesus came out of the Jewish regions where the Jews lived. He went in into the Caesarea Philippi, which is mostly inhabited by Gentiles at that time. And probably what is happening here is that when Jesus is in the company or in the midst of Jewish people, he's becoming kind of famous at this point. And he's, there's a lot of distractions. They're, they're constantly being bombarded with people. So they pull out. And they go to a little area here, and they're going to have a quiet little, now listen to me, all right, kind of a one-on-one discussion here. Let me ask you, when's the last time he had a true, genuine, one-on-one discussion with Jesus Christ? So he brings them here, and Jesus, of course, he's the son of God. He's God the Son. He's not asking a question here that he does not already know the answer to. What's the saying? A a good lawyer never asks a question that they don't already know an answer to. I remember one time coming home and having, you know, done some things that I should not have done. And my dad was on to it. And he was asking me questions and I was giving him the, I was giving him the, the other story. And about question six, I realized he already, he already knew the answers. <laughs> I was, 
I was caught, all right? And I was digging my hole deeper. All right, so Jesus knows the answer. Jesus knows the answer. And the question that he asks here is, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So think about this. He, here, here, time's busy, all right? I mean, they're, they're in the midst of his ministry. They've seen miraculous things go on. They've seen healings. They have visually seen evidence of who Jesus Christ is. All right? And then he pulls them off. And he kind of gathers them together in a quiet little place. And he has this monumental discussion with them. And in, in, in the genius of, of Jesus, he pretty much only asks two questions. That's the discussion. All right? And this is the first question. Who, who, do, they, who do they say I am? And I want you to look inside of the question because he gives you that he already knows the answer by asking the question the way that he asked the question. Because you see that little phrase right there? He's already telling them he knows who he is. Now, this discussion that he's having, when you look at it throughout the Bible, there has been like a service ministry up to this point. Okay, he's gone out and he's done some preaching. He's done some healing. He's touched people, you know. And people are starting to, to wake up to who this guy is and, like, and the word spreading. But what we need to understand is that after this discussion, it gets real. After this discussion, he starts, he starts heading towards the cross. And basically what he's, what he's saying is he's pulling his disciples together and he's saying, listen, guys, I, I need you to know. I need you to know down into the, the very fiber of your soul who I am. Because when we leave here tonight, as the song says, no turning back, no turning back. And, and you know, you've given up everything to follow me. And, it, and you know, what a sacrifice. But at this point, you know, there's no turning back. Because what is happening here is that people are starting to develop these ideas that Jesus is, is more of a political leader. He's here to run the Romans out. Get rid of them. Give us back our Jewish nation, our Jewish pride. And what Jesus is saying is, listen, the masses are going to want and need, on a personal level, things from me that I'm not here to do. I'm not here to take over politically. I'm not here to take over the kingdom. I'm not here to sit on an earthly throne. I'm here to die for sinners. I'm here to walk to Calvary. And as my disciples, I'm going to ask you to pick up my cross when I ascend into heaven. And you're going to have to carry this cross that I lay down. And you're going to carry it for the rest of your life. So... For us to continue here to do this next part of the journey appropriately, I, I really need you to understand. I really, I really need you to know the answer to this question. And he's asking a question in a way that shows he already knows the answer. When he says that I, the son of man. Now, what does that mean, the son of man? Well, let's look here. He's, 
you know, he knows his, he knows his Old Testament text. He knows the prophets. So he's looking back into Daniel. And this is the prophesied son of man, the Savior that is promised. And it says, I was watching in the night visions, and behold, what's that phrase right there? One like the son of man. Now, what does that mean? That's what Jesus referred to himself when he asked the question to him. What does everybody out there think of me, the son of man? And when he says that, what he's doing is he's reaching back into history, and he's connecting to the Old Testament prophets. And he's saying all those guys back in the Old Testament, what they were talking about, the promised Savior, that's me. That's me. And he says that coming with clouds of heaven, he came to the ancient days, and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom. Is it an earthly kingdom? No, it's better than that. It's an eternal heavenly kingdom. This earth will burn up and fade away. But Jesus will always be on the throne in heaven. And it says that all peoples, nations, languages should serve him. His dominion, it lasts forever, never ending. It will never pass away. And his kingdom is one that can never be destroyed or conquered. Kings have come and gone. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say this too. Preachers come and go, all right? And what we have to do is we have to place our faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, God the Son. Because if we place it in any other thing, then you're doing it wrong. And here's the other thing. If you can't truly answer who he is, then you're never going to walk the walk appropriately and genuinely. And that's what he's asking here. And if you look further, it says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, I am God. I have become flesh. The word become, became flesh. That's what we celebrated last Sunday, right? We talked about the word becoming flesh. But what he's saying here is that I am God. I have all authority, all power, all dominion over heaven and earth. You're looking at the face of God. And it says, Here's how he refers to himself. I am the bread of life. Without me, nothing was ever created. And without me, nothing can ever live. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the Bible says you are dead in your trespasses. You are yet to live. And it says that he is the light of the world. The world is full of darkness and sin. Jesus Christ has been brought to be the light to wipe out all sin for all men and women forever and ever. He is the door of the sheep. What's that mean? He is our protector. You can't get into the sheep without going through Jesus. You know the old saying, if you're going to get to them, you got to go through me. That's what he's saying right there. Here's the other one. He is the resurrection and the life. We are cursed by sin. We have been declared to die. Death is a guarantee for every one of us. But here's the other. If you have Jesus Christ as your Savior, the guarantee is the second, the millisecond, you close your eyes in death, you will open your eyes to life in eternity for heaven forever. He is the good shepherd. He will take care of us. He will care for us. He will make sure that we are in a plush Plaster, where we have rest and water, plenty to eat, plenty of protection. 
He is the way. No one gets to the Father except through Jesus Christ. If you try any other way, you're going to fail. He is the truth. Everything out there, everything else out there is a lie. The only truth, peace, comfort that you ever find in this life is from Jesus Christ. And he is the life again. Unless you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Bible declares you dead in your trespasses. And he is the true vine, which means that you can't survive unless you are connected to him, which will give you life and will sustain life and will carry you on into eternity. Revelation says, after these I looked, and he's looking into heaven. When the world is burned up, it says, behold, a great multitude which no one could number, all nations, tribes, peoples, tongues. That sound familiar? That was back in Daniel, right? Some of the same verbiage. Standing before the throne, before the lamb, clothed with light robes, palm branches in their hands. Now listen to that, okay? That's very monumental. That little phrase right there. When else did they have palm branches in their hands? Huh? The triumphal entry? When they said, the king is here. Finally, we get rid of the Romans. He's going to come in. What did they want? A political earthly king. And what did Jesus do? Sorry, that's not me. He slowly walks away. But on this day, when they bring out the palm branches, guess what? They're saying, it's better than a political king. It's better than an earthly king. It is an eternal king. And he sits on the throne forever. A throne that cannot be destroyed. A kingdom that cannot be conquered. It says there that they cry, salvation belongs to our God. How do we know that? Because he says, I am life. I am salvation. I am the resurrection and the life. He is saying, I am salvation. If you want to live after, this, after you die in this world, you find it through salvation in Jesus Christ. No other way. He is the only way. And he sits on the throne next to God the Father to rule forever and ever. So here's the answer. Jesus is asking a question, but he asks a question in a way that shows that Harry knows the answer. And here's what I'm projecting to you today. In this life that we currently live in, we have developed this idea that everybody's got an opinion and they're all worthy. All right? Now, I don't know where you grew up, but in my house when I was a kid, my opinion was not worthy. All right? Okay? And I have carried on that tradition. And there's my kids over there, right? Does your opinion matter much in our house? Nope. I was going to tell you that, all right? (laughs) Full disclosure here. When I was a kid, on Sunday mornings, it didn't matter what time you came in or what you had done. On Sunday morning, you heard, I can't whistle this morning. My mouth's so dry. (laughs) Kelly, what'd that mean? Get up and get ready to go to church. Because if I have to come back in here, you won't like what I'm bringing with me. Okay? All right, so. I'm just going to shoot you straight. You know me, I'm pretty blunt, pretty honest with you. And I do it because I love you and I'm your pastor. And if I do it any other way, it's wrong. Yeah, everybody's got an opinion. But they don't all matter and they're not all right. Okay? And, And here's the world we live in. All right, here's the world we live in. And if this offends you, If I'm going to offend you here in a few seconds, 
All right. I'm I'm not sorry. (laughs) I can't be sorry. All right. I have to do it. We live in a world where we say, this is what God means to me. This is who I think God is. Now, you may not say it with those words. You may not make that declaration. But what I'm telling you is, in your living and in your beliefs, now, we got ideals, which we know are the right things, but our beliefs are what we live. If you want to know what your beliefs are, check out your life. Those are your beliefs. Okay, you may think that you got better and more, but your beliefs are what you believe or in what you, and how you live. Okay? And here's what I'm telling you, is that, in a world that gives credence to everybody's opinion and where we can't land on fact for anything because there's all kinds of other facts, all kinds of other things that get shaded with a story, I have to tell you that that is hogwash. And here's the deal. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. There is no other way to salvation, no other way to eternal life through, except except through him. He's the only way. If you try any other way in any other kind of religion, it's wrong and it won't work. Now that's not popular to say. And with that statement, I will never get elected to anything. Thank you, Jesus. All right. (laughs) But that is the truth. And what we've done is we've made this society and we've been coddled all of our lives. We've been told how great we are. I'm getting a little into a rabbit hole. Sorry. You pull me out, Mike. All right. You're not going to help me. <laughs> All right. But what we end up doing is this is what God means to me. This is the God that I worship. That's not how you come to God. Jesus is called the rock. You understand? You build it on the rock. He is the foundation. He is the cornerstone. You ever laid on a rock? If you lay there very long and you get up, you look like the rock because it formed you. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? You don't form the rock. The rock, you bend to it. And here's what I'm saying. Here is what I'm saying. Is that unless you come to know who Jesus is really on his terms and who he really is, then you will never live a life of true peace harmony and growth. And what we've done is we've created other Jesuses and other gods to fit our needs. I'm going to say it to justify our living. That's the truth. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay. Because people are bailing out of church. They're bailing out. All right. Millennials are the, they have the, uh, least amount of a church attendance in any generation since we started taking stats for that. All right? And you know why? Because we've, they've grown up in homes where they've been, you know, people are relying on a Jesus that's not authentic. It's not genuine. It's a Jesus that has been created in somebody else's mind. And here's what I'm telling you is that people are looking at the church And sometimes they're not finding the truth. They're not finding genuine. They're not made. They're not taught. They're not shown the genuine Christ. And when it's time to come and rely on the genuine Christ, they don't know who that is. 
they don't know how to properly stand on him. And then they look around and say, well, this place failed me. I guess I'll move on. That's what's happening. And we can blame millennials. We do, right? They're an easy target. We can blame the, the uh, baby boomers. Okay? You guys are pretty easy targets too. But here's, but, but here's the truth. This question that he brings to his disciples is life-changing. It's a life-changing question. It makes them focus on who Jesus is, not who they want him to be for their own living. That makes sense to you? You guys are staring at me. Give me the stink eye a little bit this morning, huh? Am I beating you up a little bit? And that's what it's saying here. When they answer, that is what they're saying. And here's what I mean by that, okay? Because it says that they answer, who do, when he asks, who do they say I am? Their answer, they say, some say you're John the Baptist. Well, that can't be, right? They were alive at the same time. John the Baptist baptized Jesus Christ. They're cousins. That doesn't even make sense, right? Some say you're Elijah. Well, that means that he'd have to be brought up from the dead. Some say you're Others, like Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Well, that's, here's, here's what's happening. Is that people are seeing a good man do good works. They're wanting to pay respect to Jesus Christ. They're wanting to say good things. So they apply a respectful name to the, to the answer. But it is shortcoming and it is limited because these guys right here, they were all torchbearers. They were all coming before Jesus Christ. They were preparing the way for Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the reason why these guys ever existed. Here's the deal. Some say that without these guys, there is no Jesus Christ. Uh-uh, it's the other way. Without Jesus Christ, we had no need for any of these guys. All right? And what he's saying is, what they're telling Jesus is, people are saying nice things about you. And this is what the world that we live in today does as well. They say nice things about Jesus. They say nice things about Christianity. But they don't say, it is the way. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Jesus Christ is salvation. He is the resurrection. He is the life. They won't ever take that definite step to who Jesus Christ really is. <clears throat> understand? And what the popular opinions today is that we get right up to the edge of who Jesus Christ is in living a Christian life. And we get right up to the edge and then we stop. And we stay right there. It's kind of like the, the guy who was kind of a rough rider and went out all the time and his wife says, oh man, you need to straighten your life up. So he went down, went to the church, got saved, became a deacon, started going to church every week, every Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday. He was there all the time. He was trying to get his wife to go, and she said, you know what? I wanted you to get straight. I wanted you to get religion, but just a little bit. I didn't want you to go crazy. It's like King Agrippa. What did he say? Paul, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. And you know what that means? He is completely Lost forever. Do you understand what I'm saying to you this morning? This life is rough. Man, I, I'm, I'm telling you that I, I have 
some of the conversations I've had the last several weeks, I mean, it's, it's heartbreaking what's going on. And then, praise the Lord, every once in a while, I, like yesterday, I got to marry Skyler and, uh, and Noah. Yep, Noah and Skyler. And, man, I'm telling you, every kid in that wedding was gorgeous. They looked like models walking up there. And then there I was in the middle, like, <laughs> you know everybody else. Like, who's the middle-aged ball guy in the middle, huh? I mean, these, these kids were walking up. They all had, like, perfect hair and Girls were like six foot tall. Guys were, per- I was like, man, somebody should have told me. All right. But every once in a while, I get sprinkled in a blessing. But, man, I'm telling you, the last three or four months has, has just been, I mean, the news that has hit people. And I'm telling you that without a genuine Jesus Christ in your life, I, I don't know how they get through it. I don't know how they get through it. It can't be a Jesus that you invent so that it can justify your living. You have to know who Jesus Christ is genuinely. Here's the deal. We don't say, come and make me happy. What we say is, here I am. Take my life. I no longer live it. I live for you. Take my life. Make me live your will. Empty me and me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit so that I can be guided and directed by the Holy Spirit forever. Then he gets real personal. Okay? There's a, there are several face-to-face encounters with Jesus in the Bible. Some of them are pretty scary. Could you imagine being Judas at the Last Supper? Rob, I'm going to make you Judas, all right, bud? And he gives him that bread and says, here, go do what you got. If you take this bread, you know, you're accepting what, What's in front of you? Go do what you got to do. Can you imagine being looked at Jesus Christ and being identified as the traitor? Can you imagine being Peter, who had swore before God and heavens and everything that I, you can't make me turn my back from you. I'd walk through hell and back for you, Jesus. And then what? A couple hours later, the cock crows, and then he turns, and there's Jesus Christ, dead eyed. Told you. I told you you'd do it. And this is one of those moments too. Because after this, after this conversation, it's on. It's on. There's no turning back. They're, they're headed to the cross. They're headed to the cross. It's, a, it, it's all about sacrifice from here on out. It's all about submission. And he asked the question, and this is what I want to ask ourselves this morning. As individuals, as family, and also as a church, all right? And the question is, it doesn't matter what they say out there. We don't care what they say, right? If you cared what they said, you wouldn't have shown up this morning. But we have to ask ourselves, who do we say Jesus Christ is? Do we know him for who he truly is? Because the evidence is in our living. It's called the fruit of the spirits. What's the Bible say? A healthy tree will bear healthy fruit. And we need to look around. Are we bearing healthy fruit here? Did we do the things in 2019 that we had to do? Did we do the sacrifices? Did we make the investments in the right place? 
Did you serve at the level you are being asked to serve? Or did you pull back and take a, what's, there's a line in the, anybody watch The Office? I watch it all the time, okay? There's a line in there, I'm supposed to do a spot check down at the warehouse, and the one year I blew it off, this thing blows up in my face, okay? The one year I blew it off, I don't know if you guys, you guys didn't laugh, so maybe you didn't get it. (laughs) All right? But I mean, I've been there. You know what the easiest time to miss is? Second time, right? First time you're like, ah, should I go? Should I go? Second time you're like, ah, I'm good. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I say this to you all the time. We get ideas brought to us. We go and spend time with other churches, talk about other things that they're doing in their ministry. And it's great ideas. It's great ideas. And then deacons are here. They can vouch for me. We have discussions. And what's it boil down to? Volunteers. Volunteers. We are limited by our serving. We are not limited by God. We are not limited by God. We are limited by our sacrifice and by our serving. So ask yourself. Have a conversation with yourself. Who do you, now listen, not, don't, don't give yourself the textbook answer. This is end of the year. I mean, we got opportunities. We're getting ready to move into an upgraded facility, increased seating. Okay, we got fertile ground here. We got new staff. He's energetic, 19 years old. Okay, ready to go, ready to get plugged in, ready to move. We got things in line. We got people willing to go out and drive stinky vans and pick up kids and take them home. We got people who are willing to come out at noon to start preparing a meal at six o'clock. We got people who come out. I promise you, if you come out on a, at, on, if you're regular on Wednesday night, you will clean up puke at least once in your lifetime. I, I promise you that, okay? And it won't be your own. It may or may not be your own. <coughs> We say Jesus Christ can change the world. We say that he is a life changer. That without him, you can't live healthy. You can't have a healthy marriage. You can't raise kids without Jesus Christ. Isn't that what we proclaim here? You know what it's time to do? 